days, think of these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity, God, for this platform to be able to share your word. And uh, God, right now we're praying over our seniors as they enter this new stage in life. God, I pray that today can be a message of encouragement and, uh, and, and give them something that they can carry on with them for the rest of their life, Lord. Well, Father, we love you and we trust you. Use this time. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, when I was a, a freshman and in college, uh, I had a few things going on, uh, and I was staying at the dorms at Co- uh, you know, uh, Kapaya Lincoln University was where I, uh, my first few years of college was attended, and uh, I was hanging out there, and I remember one night I, I was laying in my bed, and you know, like the, like the, it's a very small bed, you know, you can't really roll or you'll fall to the floor, so I'm just laying there, and I remember I just shot upright, and I was like grabbing my chest, and I had this unbelievable, sharp, painful, like, jab in my chest, and I'm like, what is happening? And I'm like, is this a heart attack? Like, what is, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm 18, and I'm, I'm like, I'm too young for a heart attack, aren't I? Like, what is happening? I was so confused, but it just hurts so bad, and so I did what any, you know, uh, normal, um, you know, college student would do when they feel sick or ill. They just ignore it, right, because we've went our whole lives with our mothers telling us, like, hey, you need to go to the doctor, and we need to go to the doctor, and I'm like, she's not here to tell me this, so I'm fine. I'll be fine. But, like, through the week, I continued to have this pain, and I just kept kind of thinking, like, in that moment when I f- pain first happened, I'm like, is it the pizza? Is it the pizza? Because I had this really bad habit, and y'all will understand why. I always attribute, like, that my wife saved my life, and people are like, oh, that's so romantic. I'm like, no, it was very dumb, practical things that she saved me from, like eating pizza way past when it's appropriate. Um, I had this barbecue pizza that would just sit on my desk, and I would just kind of graze on it throughout the week, and uh, just would kind of just, like, go by. And I was convinced that a microwave would, like, cover many sins, right? Like, it would just, if you nuked it enough, it's fine. And so I would just throw it in there, and uh, I would consume it. And, and I was on a college bus. So I'm like, this is fine. I'm fine. And, uh, but I remember thinking like, man, if this is the way I go out, how embarrassing. My roommates will come find me at my funeral. They'll be like, you know, what happened? They're like, he just ate really gross pizza. And uh, I was just like, God, please, not this way. So finally, because of that fear of, of that being the way I go out, I went to the doctor. And uh, I was like, hey, like I have this pain. They like hooked me up to machines. They're looking and they're like, they did like a stress test where I'm like running on a treadmill, like breathing in this tube. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And, uh, but I have doing all this stuff. And he goes, he finally sits me down and he's like, man, like, what do you have going on in your life? And I'm like, well, not a lot. Like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm thinking you may be having some stressors that are causing this. I'm like, stress? That's not me, man. Like, I'm very laid back. I'm go with the flow. It, life will figure itself out. He goes, well, tell me what you have going on. I'm like, well, you know, I'm a freshman in college. I'm taking 21 hours. I'm a part of two different organizations. I'm in leadership of one. I just started becoming a student pastor, so I'm trying to, like, you know, lead these students to Christ as I'm working on myself and Jesus. And I'm also dating this girl, and I think she might be the one, and I'm really nervous about that because what does that mean for me in my future, and how do I provide for my family, and what does that mean, and what is the meaning of life? And he's like, stop, stop, stop. Like, he, like, literally, he's like, he told, a doctor told me to shut up, and I'm like, that's not very professional, but he told me to shut up, and I did, and he goes, you're stressed. You're stressed. And uh, he didn't really tell me a lot after that. Like, he's like, hey, you're just stressing out. You're having some anxiety. And he didn't give me, like, any kind of, like, steps to kind of get better. But he just told me, like, hey, this is the problem, and you need to calm down. And I'm like, will do, Captain. You know, I'm like, that's not helpful at all, you know. But what what I did learn through that, I didn't learn about how to handle it, but what I did learn is the power and and the strength of anxiety, I learned in that moment that not only like, there's some chemicals in your body that can happen and some, some things can happen in your body where stress in this world can actually cause you some physical pain. 
And, man, I was just, like, blown away because I remember going through high school and, and hearing about some other students going through that. And I'm like, how? Because I was the laid-back guy. Everything's going to be fine. I remember not being able to relate with them in any way. But, man, like in that moment, I was like, wow, this is something powerful and real, and we need to address this. We need to address this. And, and it's not just, like, high school students, not just freshmen in college, but, man, it's everybody. You look at the world right now, the, num- the top two, like, prescribed drugs in America and the world is Nexium and Abilify, and an acid, and an antidepressant. So obviously, there's some things going on in us that we don't know how to handle, and we don't know how to navigate. And man, if we don't get a hold of this, man, it, there are some serious side effects, not just you know, mentally how you engage with the world, but, but everything. There's, it's so much deeper than it is. And especially as believers, as followers of Christ, as, as we go into these places, and, and Kate, you're going to be going into a new world where, like, you know, you're, you're going to be going to college, you're going to be at state, you're going to be trying to make new friends and all that. Like, you're going to be in this whole new world, and you're going to wave the banner of, I'm a Christian. That's so why we go into our workplaces, we go into our families, and we say, hey, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Christ. But the world is unimpressed when we sing about a Prince of Peace, but yet we live lives of stress. That doesn't line up. That doesn't line up. When we have this, this, this like life of anxiety and stress and, and fear, that doesn't show that we're leaning on a prince of peace, does it? So the world's unimpressed when we live like that. And, and anxiety motivates. It's something that moves people. And, I, and you see it in t- a ton. And uh, when I was in Hattiesburg, I got to hang out with a lot of college students. And that was like the most common reason why they would, get, they would go and seek counseling was because of anxiety. And, that, and it was something I, I remember sitting there talking with them like, well, what's going on? They're like, I don't know if I'm in this right major, but I feel like it seems to be because I'm going to find a good job. And I need to find a good job because I want to have a good life. And I want, and I want to be able to you know, have a good job to where I can, my, I can provide for my wife and have the kids. And I'm like, it, it's a motivator, but it can motivate you to some really unhealthy decisions. And if we self-reflect for a moment, I'm sure we're a room full of, like, we all have made bad decisions. And I'm sure a lot of times it's been motivated by anxiety. Whether it's like you made a bad decision with your finances, bad decision with your, like, your, like, friendships. You're trying to, like, you're trying to prove yourself to them. You know, bad decision with, like, trying to maintain a public perception. You're like, oh, I can't let people know this about me, so I'm going to just, I'm going to do this. It's a motivator, but it can motivate you to some really dangerous habits and life decisions. So we have to come around this. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that as a, as a body? Like, how do we do that? Well, what's really cool is in this text, it's really blunt and plain and honest of how do we navigate this season of anxiety? Like, how do we navigate this emotion when the world sends you some stress? How do we handle it? I'm going to do a quick survey real quick. Anybody in this room ever uh, felt anxiety, stress before? Hands up, hands up. Okay, yeah, a few. All right, Any, anybody stressed right now? Like you're feeling it. You're like, I don't, okay, yep, yeah, okay, cool. I'm in, I'm in good company. So this is a very practical lesson that we're going to be able to talk through. Uh, so yeah, good to know. I'm like, I, I, this is something we can all use. But uh, so right here, he's, he's super blunt about it. Paul's able to write out and he's like, what's, he gives us one thing to never do. And he gives us three things to do. He's a practical teacher. I love it. Uh, that's like the way my brain works. Like I remember I, a lot of times I sit down and I read scripture and I'm not one of these guys like, oh man, that scripture was so good. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Like I have to learn. It takes me a long time to learn and God has to beat it in my head. But this is so practical and straightforward and I love it. Like I love it. The first thing he says, never do. He says, be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. Any, don't be anxious about anything. What do you put in the anxiety basket? What do you put in the stress basket? Nothing. Like nothing goes in there. And that's something that's really important. I know it sounds like so simple and so basic and so shallow, but when you think about it, like that's really powerful because God's will for your life is never for you to freak out about it. 
God's never going to put a situation in your life where he wants you to just stress and obsess over it and, and panic and, and not know what to do next. Like, that's not what he wants for you. That's not the, the hallmark of what it is to be a believer, to be a follower of Christ. And man, it's what, like whenever uh, in Luke, Jesus started explaining what, like, what do worries do to you? And he explains the parable about the soil. And one of them, he talks about like the word of God is like a seed and it plants itself in the soil of your soul and it begins to grow and it wants to grow and it wants to be healthy. But these thorns come up and these weeds come up and they choke the life out of it and it, and it withers away. And later the, the disciples are like, hey, what is that? What, what were the weeds? And he's like, he explains to him, man, the weeds are the worries of this world. The weeds are the things in this world, like these things that you concern yourself and you obsess with, and they'll choke out the word of God. Man, that's so powerful because when you think God has some things he wants to tell you, there's some things he wants to speak into your life, there's some tr amazing truths and things he wants you to do, and it's going to be totally choked out because you're so concerned with the worries of this temporary world. And so if we're not careful, if we don't figure out how to navigate this, the word of God, God's planting this word in your soul it's not going to be able to flourish unless we can figure out how to navigate this season of anxiety. How do we move through this? He gives us, you know, that one never do. But he gives us three to-dos, and that's why I love the practicality. He says, you know, let your request be made known to God. And I love that, that verb tense of it, talking about it's, it's like releasing it. Release these anxieties. Let them come up. Um, I know, like, I think this is probably one of the most relatable things. I think everyone's done this that's ever been in a body of water and had a ball. But your goal whenever you have a ball and you're, like, in a pool is to just drown it. Like, you're like, I want to get this ball as deep into the, into the water as I can. And what does it do? Like, it just shoots back up. And I remember being a kid and, like, putting my whole body weight on it, like, standing on it. And I'm sitting there trying to push it down. It's very uneasy. It's very unsteady. And I'm trying to push it down to the bottom. But that's a lot of times how we handle the stress in our life. These situations that we're nervous about, these situations that we don't know how to handle, that's a lot of times how we handle these emotions that are coming up. We just push it down. We push it down. It's wanting it to come up. It's pushing up as hard as it can, but you're pushing it down. And that's, but why? Because we're really concerned about public perception. We're really concerned about everyone looking at us and our family and our kids and looking at us and being like, hey, they have it all together. They have it figured out. But those things, what God's saying, what, what, Peter, what Paul is saying is like, let those requests be made, to go, may, be made known to God. Let them rise. Because a lot of times you're pushing these emotions down and people are asking you like, hey, how are you doing? And you're like, blessed and highly favored. You know, like it's like, in the meantime, you're losing your mind. But God says, hey, but that also doesn't mean like next time someone's walking by you and they're like, hey man, how you doing? You're like, I'm just so sad. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, don't do that. They'll think you're crazy and they'll call the police. Don't do that. But what we do, what we do is we bring it to the one who's powerful enough to do something about it and loves us enough to want to. That's what we need to do. We need to bring it to God. We need to, God's will for your life is not to freak out about it, but he, what he wants is to hear about these things and we let it rise. And we give it to the, part, the person. How do we do that? How do we let our requests be made known to God? How do we let those things rise to the top? It's very simple. It's prayer. It's prayer. It's the, the super simple aspect that you learned in VBS, you know, however many years ago. Like, it's that process of getting alone to God. I mean, what you need to do is you need to create time and protect it, time alone with, who, with God, and to learn about who he is and what his will for your life is. And I know what you're, a lot of you are thinking, I mean, like, Grant, I don't have time. Like, my entire day is filled up to the max, and uh, you're sitting there thinking, like, I don't, I don't have time to do, do that because I'm too busy worrying about the things that I'm stressed out about right now. But let me tell you, like, a lot of times we, we appear like an octopus on roller skates. It's a lot of times what we like. It's a lot of movement, not a lot of direction, right? Not really going anywhere. It's a lot going on, but we're not getting anything done. Uh, snipers in the military have a saying, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. 
And what does that mean? It means when you're in a hurry and you're trying to load that gun and you're trying to get it in the barrel, you, you make mistakes, you drop around, you, you mess up the magazine, like you jam your gun. But what snipers say, they say slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Why? Because if you're precise and you're intentional and you take your time and you make sure you're doing it right, you can get the job done faster than you would if you were in a, in a rush. So I think that's really wise right there to, to look at because a lot of times we try to live life too fast. We need to slow down. And if we can slow down and hit pause, we can navigate this better. We can move through this better. We can get a hold of this better. So we need to create time. We need to protect it. We need to protect it. We need to be intentional, and we need to be real in our prayer time. It's, it's one thing that I was really guilty about because I grew up in the church, and I grew up always hearing, like, we had this thing where, like, uh, someone, in the, and they would stand up in the crowd, and they would read the Bible. That's how small our sanctuary was. They would read the Bible, and they'd be like, they'd, in the King James Version, they're like, thou, thou, thou. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord, for teaching me today. And then they would pray, and it would be like a 10-minute prayer, and it's all like, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for the sun. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, I, like, that's not how I talk to anybody. That's not how like, I talk to my mom or my dad, and I love them. And like, that's not how I, so I was very like, that's how I grew up thinking how you pray. But I realized like, as I got older, I'm like, God wants to hear from you. He doesn't want to hear from the cleaned up version of you that you bring on Sunday morning where you're like, hey, this is like prim and proper me, God. Thank, you know, I'm just so blessed. Thank you, God. Amen. Like, no, he wants to hear about everything. It says by prayer and supplication. That supplication there means be, go, go into the minute things, the tiny details. He wants to hear about it. He wants to hear these things from you. So you need to get there and be real. So one thing that I, um, I had to do, because I, I don't know if y'all can tell, I'm ADHD. Uh, no, shocker. <laughs> you were like, no way, Grant, not you. Um, yes, me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why so many people giggled at that, um, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, I'm ADHD. So one thing I have to do in my prayer time is I have to be super intentional or my brain will go somewhere else. Like if I sit down in a seat and I'm just praying to God, like I'm like, dear God, thank you for your day. And I wonder what's for lunch. And I really, man, I think I'm gonna go play basketball later today. Like that's really, that's how my brain works. I can't, I can't handle it. So what I have to do is I, I have a prayer journal and I write down my prayers and I'm like, and I don't do it like, you know, super, you know, there's no punctuation. It's just like a, a waterfall of grant. Like I'm just letting it go out and I'm just like, God, here's what I'm feeling. And I'm real. Now, I'm not disrespectful. I still understand the reverence of that. I'm coming before the creator of the universe. I understand that. So I'm respectful in it, but I'm also real. And, I, and actually, this, this book that I have these notes in is, uh, I wrote, I, I made this lesson out whenever I was a, a freshman in college. And, uh, and the page before it was my prayer that I had wrote down that day. And uh, it was talking about, like, I had just become a student pastor. And uh, I was talking about what that season I was going through, this season of anxiety and how I was tired. It was just, like, zapping me of energy. And I was super real with God. I was like, God, I don't, I don't want to pray today. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't, I don't want to, to get up and do anything. I want to sit down. I want to lay down. I want to take a nap. And I'm like, I'm just being super blunt. And like, I'm like, you're like, Grant, you're, you're talking to God about how you want to take a nap. But, but as I began to write, go through it, I remember God started kind of revealing some things in me. Like, Grant, why are you tired? And I'm like, well, because I'm, I'm taking classes and I'm doing this and I'm also a student pastor. And he's like, well, what, what are you doing? Like, and I'm like, well, you know, I have classes, you know, every day of the week, you know, Monday through Friday. And then three of those days of the week, you know, I have like a youth event, like not counting Sundays and Wednesdays. I'm doing something at night at the church. Or we're going, you know, to go play tennis at the t tennis courts at Colin. Or we're doing something like we were doing something three other nights of the week. So he's like, "You're filling up all your time with this. Why are you doing that?" And I was like, "Well, I just won't." And I remember just writing through this prayer. And like at the end of the conclusion was, "Why are you doing all these things?" I'm like, "I want people to look at me and say I'm good at my job. Why do you want that? Because I want them to look at me and say I'm worth something." 
And God, in that moment, just broke me down and was like, Grant, like, you're looking for other people right now for, for your like, meaning, for your worth. And that's not what you're not supposed to, you're not in ministry to find your worth. You're in ministry for me, and you find your worth in me. And I remember that just broke me down, and I was just like, man, like, that's so powerful to me because I would have never came to that conclusion unless I would have been real with God, and he would have, wouldn't have broke me down unless I brought it to him. So, man, I guess we have to be intentional. We have to be real. We have to address the hard things in our life that are going on, the situations that we're not sure about, the things that we know we've done wrong. Bring that before God and be like, God, I've made a mess, and I can't fix it. I need you. Bring it to him. Why? Because he cares about us. He wants to hear it. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Cast your cares unto the Lord because he cares. He cares about you. Psalms 55, 22 says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Not only that, not only does he care about you, but he's powerful enough to carry you through this season. The season of anxiety and stress and, and of worry, he's able to lean into that season. He's able to, to address it. He's able to do something about it. That's the best. Like a lot of times, you know, we talked about uh, in Sunday school today, not only like, one thing that totally freaked me out in Sunday school was I was presented with the question, how do we know what a pound is? And I'm like, What? And I'm still not right. I'm still not okay because I did not. He's like, I learned that there was a ball somewhere in a vault, and that's how we used to do it. Like, it's somewhere and it was protected. But I was like, what if we stole the ball? Do we not know what a pound is? Is the world falling chaos? Besides that, which we talked about in Sunday school, we talked a little bit about, like, hey, what do we search for in this world? Like, what do we, what do we look for? And one thing that was like, hey, like, we look, a lot of times we look for affirmation. We look for someone to, to affirm us instead of to build us up. There's not a lot of construction when you're like, hey, that's, you're doing fine. You're totally great. You wouldn't go to like, you know, a murderer and be like, hey, man, you're doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing. No, you'd be like, hey, you have some problems, and we need to address it. We need to fix it, right? So that's where it here is like whenever you're bringing this up, like you don't, don't seek counsel. Don't look for people that are just going to you know, build you up. Like, but no, bring it to God because he loves you enough to do something about it, and he loves you enough to, to lean into that situation. But the cool thing is whenever you let this, let your request be made known to God, uh, it says his peace will guard your heart. That's so cool to me. I think about it like, like the, the spirit of the Lord is like a bouncer of your heart. Like, like he's sitting there and like, like these situations that come up to your heart and they're trying to get in there and it's like stress, anxiety, depression, money, like all these things that you're just super concerned about. All these things are coming up and he's just sitting there with like, he's like, you're not on the list. You can't get in. Sorry, bro. You know, and he just like tells him to go away. I love that. That if we lean into who God is, his, his presence will be there. And it's like a bouncer for your soul. He's going to protect your heart and your mind. I love that. Now, like, uh, that first little part right there, it kind of sounds like I'm you know, advocating for meditating. Like, hey, empty your mind. No. Because that doesn't like, lead you to anything else. Emptying your mind doesn't do anything. Letting your heart be made known to God right there on the surface. But what do you do after that? After you release the anxiety, after you release the request, you embrace the beautiful. We look at the text, and it says right there, like, hey, like, after you've done this, after you've let these requests be made known, focus on the things that are beautiful to God. And it goes through, and it lists all these things, like, hey, think about this. Look at this. Work on this. And, I mean, I, I remember, like, reading that, and I'm like, well, I just don't understand how that helps me, you know, focusing on the things that are beautiful. But what it does is it begins to move your mind. And the way I saw this best, this example best out was in my mom. And uh, it was, she had found out that she had cancer. She had done chemo for a season. And she were trying to navigate, you know, we're going through. And we thought we had hope. And then they go in for surgery. And they come out of it. And they're like, hey, this is a way more aggressive than we ever thought it was. Um, there's nothing we can do. They're like, no chemo, no surgery is going to be able to do anything. And they gave her three months to live. And I remember just sitting in that room just being devastated. And I'm like, this isn't fair. This isn't right. This isn't just. And I'm, I kind of got in this moping season being like, this isn't right. 
I remember being so angry and bitter about it. But what brought me through that was being able to do Bible times with my mom. Like She would be in the hospital, and, and I'd sit there, and I'd break out a Bible, and I'd sit there, and we would just read through it together And because uh, she couldn't she got to where her vision was really bad, and so I would, I would read to her. And I remember just her, she would always just sit there, and she'd be smiling, and I'm just like, how is this possible? And I would talk to her, and I remember just one day I broke down. I'm like, Mom, how can you do this? And she heard just being like, well, Grant, like, we're so blessed. And I'm just like, What? How can you look at this situation that we're in right now, what's happening, and look at the life that we're living right now where you're in a hospital every day of the week? You're in mid-40s, and you're having to go through this season. You know, I'm like, this isn't fair. This isn't right. And she's able to look, and she's like, man, I'm so blessed. She's like, i got a family that I love, and God's given me time to be able to tell you all everything on my heart. I remember just being like, that's a Philippians 4 person. To be able to have the stress and the worries of this life and the, and the dark and the twisted and the evil things. Because that's what cancer is. It's evil and it's twisted. But be able to look at it in the face and be like, man, like, God is good. And I'm so blessed. And I'm like, that's what it is to release your cares to God and embrace the beautiful. In the midst of pain, you can trust him. And that's an amazing truth that we get to live in as followers of Jesus. The third thing is, you know, don't, don't just think on the beautiful things because that's not, you know, we don't have just a, a gospel that's like, you know, like, hey, you know, think about how, you know, how awesome it is what we do. But no, we have a mobilizing gospel. We think about the beautiful and we act on it. A lot of times I like to think about it like as if my life were a movie. Like if people were watching the, the movie of Grant, A, what a boring movie, right? Like there's not like, like what's happening? No, they would be, want their money back at the theater. They'd be really sad. But like I want people, like if when you're going doing these actions, you want people not to be like, you know, cringe. Because you know, you see the movies and they make a bad decision and we're super judgmental of the people on the TV. We're like, what an idiot. How would you go into the attic? You know that the the monster's there, you know? Like, well, stupid, you know? But no, what you want people to do, you don't want them to cringe and pull away from your actions. But no, you would want them to like applaud and be like, wow, how beautiful, how amazing, right? You want to, and they play like the soft string music whenever something awesome happens, like ding, ding, ding. And you're like, wow, I'm so awesome. You want that, right? Whenever you think about your life like a movie, you want people to applaud about the things that you are and what you're doing and how you're living. Think about that. Like you want to be doing things that are beautiful that people will find beautiful and attractive. Why? Because if you're living a life that's beautiful and attractive, pursuing the things of God, people are going to wonder, like, what are you doing? What's going on? How are you different? You'll be able to tell them, man. It's because I, I lean into who Jesus is. How do, we loot, how do we do that? How do we act upon the beautiful things? One thing that's, that's really important, and uh, it's really important for our guys going into college is, you know, it's get around good community. Get around people that, that you look at, that are doing things that you wanna, that you're, want to do, that you want to be a part of. Get around them. Seek wise counsel. So I have two daughters. I have a four-year-old and a uh, an eleven-month-old that will be one next month. That's terrifying. Uh, she's still a newborn in my brain, uh, but whatever. Uh, so anyway, like I don't know how to be a dad. Like I have no idea, and it's like literally the most terrifying thing in my life. Like it's like I'm like I'm so afraid that like I'm gonna like I don't know what to do because like I don't know like do I reprimand her or do I build her up and because she's being creative like I don't know like do I like like she's like destroying a door be like oh she's just expressing herself or do I say hey we don't do that like, I don't like I'm like I'm so afraid like I'm so terrified like I'm gonna do the wrong thing and that like they're gonna get older and be like we hate you and I'm like I know I hate me too like I'm so afraid of that. 
I'm so afraid. That's like my largest fear. So what do I do? Like, do I just sit in the fear and be like, I'm going to be a terrible dad? No, like I seek wise counsel. I mean, I did it. Like as soon as I got married, I was so concerned about that. So I did it like my first church. I'm like, hey, like I I went and looked for the kids that seemed normal. You know, like that seemed like they they had it to, they're like moving in a right direction. Like, hey, they love the Lord and they're doing good in school. And I'm like, I would go to the parents and be like, hey, so like, what is the secret? You know, like, what are you doing? And they're, they're always super humble. Like, oh, the Lord's just good. I'm like, he does, he works in mysterious ways. I'm like, he's working through you. Tell me what you did. You know, like, I'm like, tell me, I need this, right? And so, uh, so I mean, I, I do that. I remember, like, I sat down with one guy in Hattiesburg, and he's just an awesome man. He just, he's a missionary, and he's a businessman now, and he just had, a, like, a kid that was just, like, su- like, was pers- like, was pursuing the things of God and just, like, really was just, like, earnestly, like, after who Jesus was. And I remember being like, that's so awesome. Like, how do you do that? And I remember I sat down with him, and, and I didn't ask him about anything about ministry. I didn't ask him about anything about how, like, how to be a successful businessman. No, when I sat down, I'm like, how do you be a good dad to a daughter? I mean, that's the best thing. Like, I, that's the most, I'm so thankful for that because I've been able to glean some, some really awesome wisdom from these people that know more than me, that are somewhere that I want to be and I want to move in that direction. So that's one, one thing. How do we act? How do we act in the beautiful things? How do we show beautiful things? Get around people that are doing beautiful things for Jesus. Like, get around those people because if you're around a whole bunch of people that aren't really going anywhere, that aren't moving towards the things of God, you're eventually, they're going to steal your momentum and you're going to end up being right where they are. Get around people that are moving and pursuing the things of God because when you do that, it's going to motivate you and it's going to push you to also pursue the things of God. And that's really critical as our seniors take this next step into adulthood because right now when you're in high school, you're kind of forced to be friends with the people that are around you. you know. And I remember thinking, like, I'm always going to be friends with my high school friends. There's dudes I haven't seen since high school. Like, we graduated. I'm like, friends forever, and they're just gone. Like, I don't ever heard from them again, you know. And, like, maybe on Facebook I'm like, oh, they do exist. I forgot about that, you know. And so, like, that's, but really, like, when you get into life, like, everything's going to be changed. Your total social structure is totally different. So as you move through that season of life, you've got to be able to be conscious and aware of, hey, I need to get around some people that are doing some amazing things for Jesus. What's really cool uh, about what we believe is that, you know, anxiety is something, what, what, what drives from anxiety? It's the fear of the unknown, of, of that you don't have control of the situation, and that you're not going to be okay. That's the, that's the root of what anxiety is and fear, and, and stress, like, it's the thing, the thought of, like, I can't do this, and I'm so afraid that if I don't do this, everyone's going to look it down on me, that's where it all kind of drives out of, but one thing that we need to understand is, as believers and followers of Jesus, our anchor is Jesus, when it talks about, talks right there about, you know, hey, he's going to protect your, you know, your heart and your mind right there, he says that in, uh, that happens in Christ Jesus, that's really powerful. Why? Because that means that what happens here is not only, are we, this isn't like a self-help thing. This isn't something that we're able to do on yourself. This isn't a talk about, hey, these are the things A, B, C, D you can do to make yourself a better person. No, like this is you leaning on who God is and what Jesus has done. It says right there, if you do these things, you will be protected in Christ Jesus. And what is that truth about Jesus Christ? It's the truth that he is the son of God, that he came to earth. He lived a perfect life. In his ministry, he loved people, he forgave people, he helped people. And at the end of it all, living a perfect life, he died a sinner's death for a simple fact of for us to have a relationship with him for all of eternity. That's the truth that we get to be anchored into. And whenever we anchor ourselves into that truth, no matter, like this life is up and down. One second you're on top of the mountain, the next you're at the bottom of your lowest. And like, no matter what, whether you're up here or down here, I don't know where you came here today, but we're somewhere in there. But here's the truth, things are going to change. Change happens. We can't stop it. It happens. But one thing it causes is anxiety. But if we're anchored in who Jesus is, the, the one that will never change, 
And we understand that because he, he will never change, we understand that we're loved, we're forgiven, and we're children of God. We're able to navigate this season in a beautiful way. We're not, not going to make bad decisions out of anxiety, but instead, rather, we're going to be able to navigate this, and we're going to be able to do things that help people, build people up, and God's going to be able to protect our heart, and he's going to help us get through this without just freaking, about, freaking out about everything. That's the truth of our gospel, that we are anchored into something bigger than us. Our security is in Jesus. So that's what I have in this next moment. Uh, we're going to